0: the Queen of the Court podcast, your place for chats on all things growth, healing, and thriving through everyday parenting. I'm your host, Courtney Walker-Owens. I'm a homeschooling mom of seven, wellness advocate, self-proclaimed strength genius, and an author. I'm here to inspire and empower you into a lifestyle of elevated living and passionate growth. Because while I may not be good at a lot of things, I am the queen of these things. Are you ready to dive in? Grab your coffee or mix up a smoothie and let's get started. This is the Queen of the Court podcast. I'm Courtney Owens. Hello. Nice to meet you. So today's episode, I'm actually kind of kind of excited about. Uh, we are going to talk, a couple weeks ago we mentioned how we handle the toddler years. So for those of you who do not know, I am a mom of seven. Yes, seven amazing kiddos. And something that people ask us, frequently is how like we get all these friends right who they have little kids and we did little kids for years and years and years and our youngest is five at the time uh we also though have teenagers and so a lot of times our friends will ask us you know okay teenagers wow that must be a lot and they'll ask us questions and things like that and so what we have learned is that teenagers are awesome They're fantastic. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about preteens, tweens, and teens. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. This is not an area that I ever thought about. So back before we had kids, this is actually one of the things that I loved was working with middle schoolers. So that was actually what my plan was for life is I was going to be a middle school English teacher. I love middle schoolers. I love how funny they are and weird. They're so strange. And I loved working with them. So in high school, I was a teacher assistant for a middle school girls PE class. So that was something that I did uh, for a credit in my senior year of high school. And I also worked with the younger kids at our church, in our youth group, Michael was a youth sponsor before we started having babies. We honestly were convinced that like we would probably be working with teenagers at some point in our life. We thought that was as youth pastors. Uh, I thought that was going to be as a middle school English teacher, but it turns out it was probably just... uh, God preparing us for being parents of these ages because they're not easy and they don't come easy to everyone and I think that that's okay and uh, everybody has strengths and weaknesses in parenting as we know but something that I think we can always be doing is growing right we can always be growing we can always keep be getting better So I want to share with you kind of how we approach, this age, And honestly, it's not a whole lot different. Sorry to admit it. It's not a whole lot different than how we handle the toddler years, the preschool years, right? We talked about your mindset surrounding that age a lot in that episode and about cursing your children with your words. Speaking out ahead of time that it's going to be terrible twos or three-nagers. Oh. Ah. They're not easy ages, but no age with children is easy. There is not a point when I'm like, oh, now we're good. Now we can sit back and relax. Honestly, I think the easy stage might have been when they were babies. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't talk. They couldn't, like, they just needed you, and it's really simple the things they need. They can't tell you what they need, but you can guess. It's about five things, right? When you have babies, they either want to be fed, to be changed, or to sleep most likely it's those three things i said five but i don't even think there's that many right it's pretty simple you just kind of it's a process of elimination and if it's outside of those things you know oh we might have a problem let's let's you know go down a list of possibilities do they have a rash do they, you know what i mean like maybe they're not feeling well and for the most part they might just want mom right They just might want you to hold them or snuggle with them honestly I find babies to be the easiest (laughs) because once we get past that we get into the toddler years and the preschool years and then they're in school and then you're dealing with you know I'm right now dealing with like friend things with a five-year-old and I've got other elementary age kids and it's just a lot it's a lot it's this constant like growing away from you but also needing you and it's it's never easy. It's never easy, but it can be fun and it can be life-giving. It doesn't have to be miserable just because it's not easy, right? So what I want to share with you is that from about the age of 10 through the teen years, now my oldest is 16, so I'm not here to tell you that I know everything about raising teenagers because we're just now getting into some stuff that's brand new. And we will be in that zone for the next three years while he's home with us. But I do think that there are things that I can share that might help some of you, especially if you are just now getting into kiddos of that age. And I think that the thing that people are so nervous about is we all have our experiences. Right? We all remember what it was like to be 10, 12, 15, 16, 17, right? We remember what it's like. And so we put our stuff on our kids. And so I think that's the first thing we have to remember is to not do that. (laughs) We have to remember that their life and their personality and their experience at these ages may be and should be different than ours. And so we can't project our expectations, our own experiences or anything like that onto our kids. Let them have their own experience. So I think that's the first thing is to not do any of the projecting, not make an assumption, not throw your experiences on your kids. The other things that I want to share, you know, I think we also have this idea that it's the hormones fault. Well, you and I have hormones, too. And sometimes I'm a little crazy around that time of the month, too. And so why would I make excuses for my young daughters or for my sons and make it that it's okay to lose your mind? because of hormones. We want to find a balance, and at our home, that's kind of what we do. We find the balance between this is okay, you are normal, and there is nothing wrong with what is happening to your body right now. And somewhere between that and we need to take ownership of our actions, and it doesn't matter if you are having crazy testosterone rushes right now You can't talk to people that way, (laughs) right? There are 100% things that we can do to support them and to help them, but I think that that's a big piece is helping them feel safe and secure and okay with the things that are changing in their body and helping them to also understand that they still have to take ownership, okay? You can't just be mean to everyone, at that time of the month you need to find a way (laughs) to cope and also let's talk about maybe that we've all been this is a whole nother podcast but we've all been programmed to think that it's terrible we've all been programmed to think that when your daughter starts her period watch out now a monster comes out every month that hasn't been our experience you know what has been our experience is we've taught her how to support her emotions and we've taught we're teaching our girls how to support their bodies and balance their hormones from an early age. I have been doing things since they were little to ensure that they aren't exposed to toxins that could disrupt the hormone balance in their body, to make sure that they aren't eating foods that are high in estrogens that are going to cause a crazy surges in their body certain times of the month. I'm going to help them with essential oils that are going to support their bodies, support their hormones. I'm going to put supplements in them, right? That are going to help support them so that we're not crazy. Preteens and tweens and teens, they don't have to live a life of chaos and and frustration and we don't have to be over the top monsters. Our 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 boys do not have to be aggressive and all the things that we're projecting and and expecting. What if we took a proactive approach? And that's kind of how we've handled it in our home is we're taking a proactive approach to help your body be balanced and whole and healthy so that we're not getting these big highs and lows and surges. Sometimes we might, but that's not the norm in our home. So next week, I just want to kind of Promote this a little bit. Michael and I are actually going to be doing a joint podcast together. I know everybody loved it last time he was on, um, so we are going to have a couple podcasts over the next couple of weeks with he and I, and we want to talk to you about how we nourish our preteens, tweens, and teens, how we put good things in so that their bodies are functioning optimally. So I don't want to talk a whole lot about food and supplements and nutrition right this second. That is a big piece of how we handle preteens and tweens and teens. That's a big piece for us for proactive, uh, just helping them, right? Helping them avoid certain, certain things as we put good things in and on them. And we've removed toxins. And, again, there's just so much that goes into it. Another thing that goes into it is sleep. And I think we need to remember that, like, their bodies are growing at rapid paces. That's why we get the highs and the lows and the crazy, because their hormones are shooting up and their bodies are growing quickly. And so sometimes if we're not putting enough good things in, they can't, their bodies can't keep up. They're depleted. They're nutritionally depleted. And so outside of just putting good, healthy things in, they're also deprived of sleep. Most teenagers are sleep-deprived, okay? Okay most teenagers in the world are sleep deprived we first of all this was something that we noticed when our kids were in public middle school and this is not something that is happening now obviously we're homeschooling but i had kids who they went to school they came home and they did their homework then they had evening activities till eight nine o'clock sometimes ten if it was baseball season we'd have games from eight to ten and then they'd come home need to eat something because they're Again, depleted and starved. Uh, Then they shower. They get ready for bed. It's probably like they're going to bed anywhere between 10, 30, and 11 at night. But then they have to wake up because the bus would pick them up at 640. 640 at age 11, 12, 13, 14, right? Those middle school ages. So what we found was our kids were not getting enough sleep. They were sick more often. They were hormonal, hot messes. They were emotional. They were mentally drained. They weren't growing, actually. You know what happened is we pulled them home. We brought them back. We started prioritizing sleep. And our son snapped out of depression. Our daughter had a growth spurt. Their mental capacity increased. We stopped the sobbing mess after school every day. They were tired. And I think most of our kids are. Our kids are exhausted. And sleep is not something that is prioritized in our society. It's a go, go, go thing. And we're not prioritizing rest and we're not prioritizing sleep as adults. So then we're transferring that to our kids and having them go, 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 go. They're up at 545, 6 in the morning for school. They're on all day at school. They come home. They get a small, small window to rest. And then they have activities and homework and all the things they're supposed to do. And it's too much. It's too much on these kids to be living lifestyles like that and not getting rest. Our kids need sleep. So for us, the only way they were going to get that is we, we brought them home. There were a lot of other reasons. Don't get me wrong. It was not just, oh, they're not getting enough sleep. Poor precious lambs. It wasn't that. It was that a lot of things were happening under the surface and sleep was just one of them. So we prioritize sleep in our teenagers at our house there are day we make sure there are days they can sleep in we make sure they go to bed i don't care if they like it or not and they fight me on it sometimes for sure but at our house that's one of those things that isn't it's a non-negotiable getting enough rest at night is a non-negotiable because it affects you the next day and it affects other people around you right so if it's something that affects the family unit as a whole, mom and dad have the final say. At least at our house. That's how it how it goes. There are a lot of things that we will have a discussion about and we can weigh pros and cons and let a kid decide. But sleep is not one of those in our home. And I find that I can I can tell. So if my teenagers have stayed up at night doing whatever, they're playing video games or they're, you know, watching something or whatever. They, we know the next day we can tell that they haven't gotten enough sleep. So that is a priority in our home. Uh, our next Oils for Mom podcast is actually on sleep, and I'm going to talk about sleep habits and healthy sleep and how to set that up for yourself during the day. Part of that is screen time. Part of that is blue light glasses, not sleeping with your phone next to you, things like that. So we do those things for our kids. They take supplements to support sleep, um, all of that. So, um, another thing to mention about our kids of this age, I spent a lot of time talking, guys. And I mentioned this with the Toddlers <laughs> podcast episode a few ago. I talk to my kids all day long, and I've talked to my kids since they were one, two, and three. And it isn't something that stops once they're preteens and teens. In our house, it increases. We put little kids to bed, and that's our opportunity to talk. And what I've found is I do a whole lot less talking at this age and a whole lot more listening. But because we've opened up those lines of communication since they were little, they feel comfortable talking to us. And I try really hard to not jump all over them if they say something I don't appreciate. I try really hard to listen and hear their point of view and let them just go. Sometimes I just, uh, I will feed a kid and just see what comes out. Right? Sometimes simply being together. Sometimes simply going to make a meal. I'm going to make a snack for me and my my teenage boys after everybody goes to bed and see what happens. Or I'm going to take my daughter. We're going to go for a coffee run and drive. And I'm just going to be quiet. Maybe ask her one question and see what comes out. That has been the strategy for us for several years now. It's really important to put our kids in a in an environment where they feel comfortable talking to us and then setting up opportunities for them to talk. It's something that I'm starting to do with my 10 and 11-year-old. We just get ourselves into environments where they feel safe and they just say things and I get to listen. And then when they're done, I can share my opinion or my thoughts. We just did this last night with our 16-year-old. Came home, we had talked in the car a little bit, and then by the time we got home, Dad and I sat with him and we got to kind of share our heart on the conversation and on that topic. We kicked other people out of the room, so it was something we could really dig into with him. At one point, we let our daughter come in because it was things that we thought maybe would help her as well. We just talk a lot. We listen a lot. We treat our kids like people. And I think that that's something I just did innately, that I know not everybody does, that I know not everybody has conversations with their kids. Uh, it was important to me. My parents talked to me. My parents were open with me about some things. There were other things that I wish they had talked more about. And we've discussed that now as I'm an adult and have my own kids. So like, I wish I had felt more comfortable to talk to them about my relationships. I wish that it hadn't been a, no, 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 you don't need a boyfriend. We're not going to talk about that and brush it under the rug. Because every preteen and teen has feelings like that, right? And not brushing those things under the rug and pretending they don't exist, but being open and willing to have conversations. I think it's important. I loved the conversations I did have with my parents. I felt like I could go to them with a lot of things. There were some things I didn't feel comfortable going to them about. But I want my kids to feel like they can talk to me. I don't want them to feel like they're in trouble all the time. I want them to feel like it's open. And as long as they are open with me and don't hide things from me, I will always listen and I will always support them and I will always help them. Because what I don't want to do is down the road, they're in a situation and they need help. And they need me to come pick them up. Or they need help to get out of a situation that they've maybe gotten themselves into. And I don't ever want them to feel stuck. Or like they don't have options or like I won't come help them rescue them <laughs> I want them to feel that connection to me and I don't want them to feel like they would be in trouble if they called me we've made it very clear to our kids if you ever are in a situation that you need us you will not be in trouble it's a safe space please don't catch me off guard. Please don't surprise me with information that I don't have, right? Like, don't hide things from us. When you hide things from us, we can't help you. And I remember my mom saying that to me, and I didn't understand. As an adult now, I get it. And so I've actually been able to help my kids understand it now, using my own examples from my life of, you know, I hid these things from my parents, and when I needed them. They were there, but there were some things they couldn't protect me from because I had withheld that part of my life from them. And so I want there to always be that open line of communication with my teenagers that that I'm, a, I'm an open book, and I am there's no judgment here. They know the hard things that their dad and I walked through. They know our stories, and they know that there's no judgment from us, and that as long as you don't hide things, I can always help you and I can always protect you. But as soon as those lines of communication get shut, you've, you've blocked out your covering. You've blocked out your person. You've, you've blocked out the person who can help and rescue and, and protect. So our goal is always to keep keep that relationship very, very open we're getting into things like relationships and we're getting into future plans with our kids and I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm taking it a day at a time. And that's scary because I am someone who is a planner and I felt like I knew what I was doing for the most part or could figure it out at least. It's been a long time since I've felt like I had to figure things out. So it's this, this is a new stage for us, but I still love it. They're so funny. Guys, hang out with a teenager. They're hilarious. My 13-year-old drives me absolutely crazy, but he says some of the funniest things, and he's really awkward and really silly, and they're just so much fun. I can tell you my 15-year-old daughter is one of my best friends. We love hanging out together and talking and sharing things with each other, and Don't don't block your teenagers out because you think they're too hormonal or they're too whatever. Embrace it. Embrace their weirdness. Embrace their strange sense of humor. Embrace the fact that they can sit and eat a whole medium pizza at one time and then sit there with them and let them talk to you while they eat that pizza. Your daughter always wants to go somewhere, get out of the house, go get coffee. Awesome. Awesome take her to get a coffee, take her to Starbucks, take her to a coffee shop and let her talk. Build that trust, build that communication let that relationship be a thing I think that that will be one of the things that I will be most glad that I did later is establish really healthy relationships with our kids and it's something that you can fix at any point it's something that you can start doing at any point it's not too late. So if you did not do a great job talking and communicating and having relationships with your kids when they were little or when they were in elementary school, I had a few rough years with a couple kids when I was dealing with PTSD and I had you know, a newborn seventh baby and I had all this stuff going on. There were a couple kids that got missed. It's all right. We're going to make up for lost time. We're going to fix it now. It's not too late. And I think that that is a really good thing. Think about the things that you wish your parents had done better. Think about the things that your parents did really well. Maybe you had friends, parents, who you wished you had those parents, right? You, didn't, you don't have to have a good upbringing to be a good parent. You can learn from the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can learn from it all and create your culture and your home to be what you wanted yours to be. If yours was great, create that same culture. But I think there's always something to learn, and there's always an area that we can grow in. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But we can always do better. We can always grow and learn and adapt and do better with the next kid. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that you feel uplifted and inspired and encouraged to connect with your kids this week maybe you don't have teenagers yet and you're just taking notes that's all right thank you for joining me like i said the next episode will be how to nourish your preteens tweens and teens with my amazing husband who is basically the chef in our home he's going to share his insight i'm going to share mine We're going to talk a little bit about what we have done and what we have learned, especially having athletes in the home uh, to really take care of their bodies and help them to grow and develop and not be deficient in their sleep or in their um, nutrients or minerals or whatever the thing is. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time on the Queen of the Court podcast.